the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. He made decisions for his life based on the promises in the Word of God because he believed what the Word of God says. Belief in the Word of God should result in action in our lives. It should affect how we live. It should affect our behavior. If we believe the Bible to be true, and I hope you do, if we believe its promises, well, that should affect how we live and what we do. Outward circumstances were bleak. The situation was deteriorating quickly. Yet because of his confidence in God, Jeremiah lived his life in obedience to God and made decisions in life based on His promises. Today, Pastor Dan will encourage you, like Jeremiah, to believe God's Word and allow it to affect how you live your life. Believe the promises of God and have an active faith, even if God's Word to you seems strange, unwise, or controversial. Walk by faith. Trust Him. He will not lead you astray. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 32, for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Remember, the book of Jeremiah, the primary theme of Jeremiah is judgment. God has been warning uh, the children of Israel, the people of Judah in particular, that judgment was coming. They don't repent and turn back to him. Uh, The nation has rebelled against him. They've turned from God. They've gone after idols. Uh, And so God is trying to persuade them to come back. He's warning them that judgment will come if they don't turn back. And then we came to chapter 30, and chapters 30 to 33, uh, there's a break in all this talk of judgment where God now begins to speak about uh, future hope. He talks about the return of Israel back to their land. He talks about restoration of the people of Israel, restoration of their relationship with God in the future. Uh, And so these chapters, chapters 30 to 33, are referred to as the book of consolation or the book of comfort. Because in these chapters, these four chapters, God is comforting his people by telling them about their future restoration. Uh, Chapter 32 that we come to, it's an interesting chapter because in this chapter, Jeremiah does another one of his symbolic acts. We've seen him do this a couple times. In this chapter, Jeremiah purchased land while the Babylonians were laying siege to the city of Jerusalem. He buys property. 
just, you know, months before the kingdom of Judah fell, he bought a piece of property from his his cousin. Uh, And this, of course, would be a foolish time to buy property, except that Jeremiah knew God wanted him to buy this property because God would one day restore the people of Israel back to their land. And so Jeremiah purchased this land on faith. He purchased this land confident that the promises of God would come to pass. He he was convinced of the prophetic promises God made about his people, Israel. That one day Israel would be restored to their land and the people uh, would return back to their land and that, that property would be his. And so one of the things that we're going to see in this chapter that's important for us and an application for us is Jeremiah's confidence in the word of God resulted in action in his life. His confidence in the word of God resulted in action, not inaction, but action. He made decisions for his life based on the promises in the word of God, because he believed what the word of God says. Belief in the word of God should result in action in our lives. It should affect how we live. It should affect our behavior. If we believe the Bible to be true, and I hope you do, if we believe its promises, well, that should affect how we live and what we do. For example, I believe that the Bible teaches that Jesus Christ could come back at any moment for his church to take his church to heaven. I believe the, the, what's called the rapture of the church is, is imminent. I believe that's what's taught in Scripture. Uh, the, the imminent return of Christ for his church. And because I believe that, that should affect how I live. That Christ could come at any moment. Could be today. And so that should affect how I live my life. John says, uh, anyone who has this hope in him purifies his life. The result of my belief in God's word and what it says should produce purity in my life. Not not perfection, not sinlessness, but it should have a purifying effect on my life. My life today should be purer than it was a year ago. And I should be growing in holiness and, and purity Another example, uh, Matthew chapter 6. I'll just read it to you. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. Jesus says to his disciples, Do not lay up for yourselves treasure on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Also, so based on what Jesus says in Matthew chapter six, we should lay up treasure in heaven. We should be investing our money and our resources and our time in eternal things in the kingdom of God more than earthly riches. In other words, our belief in God's word should determine our behavior. James tells us to be a doer of the word. And not a hearer only. He says, if you're a a hearer only, you're only fooling yourself. 
And Jeremiah was a doer of the word. In chapter 32, he buys property while Jerusalem is under attack, while it's under siege, because he believes the promise of God about the future restoration of Israel. His belief in God's word determined his behavior. It determined his actions. So look at verse 1. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord in the tenth year of Zedekiah, king of Judah, which was the eighteenth year of Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon. Uh, Zedekiah, remember, he was the last king of Judah before the final conquest by the Babylonians. The final conquest of the Babylonians historically began in the tenth year of the reign of Zedekiah. Verse 1 tells us that Jeremiah received this word from the Lord in the tenth year of Zedekiah's reign. Verse 2 tells us the king of Babylon's army besieged Jerusalem. And Jeremiah the prophet was shut up in the court of the prison which was in the king of Judah's house. It, it, it tells us in verse 2 that, that the Babylonian army besieged Jerusalem. So this, this is the final conquest of Jerusalem. This was the last of the last days for Jerusalem. It's begun. This is it. This is the final one. When, when they're going to be conquered, when they're going to be finally destroyed, the city will be uh, destroyed. And it's at, it's at that time that Jeremiah received this word from the Lord. And notice again in verse 2 where Jeremiah was when this word came to him. Verse 2 says he was shut up in the court of the prison, which was in the king of Judah's house. Jeremiah was in prison. In the royal palace, in the king's palace in Jerusalem, they had an area there. That was was a prison, it was a jail where they kept prisoners. And verse three tells us why. The king imprisoned Jeremiah. For Zedekiah, king of Judah. Had shut him up saying, why do you prophesy and say Thus says the Lord, behold, I will give this city into the hand of the king of Babylon and he shall take it. And Zedekiah, king of Judah, shall not escape from the hand of the Chaldeans. That's another name for the Babylonians, but shall surely be delivered into the hand of the king of Babylon and shall speak with him face to face and see him eye to eye. Then he shall lead Zedekiah to Babylon And there he shall be until I visit him, says the Lord, meaning when he dies. Though you fight with the Chaldeans, you shall not succeed. So this was Jeremiah's message. And this is why Jeremiah was thrown into prison. He was thrown into prison for preaching the word that he received from the Lord. Zedekiah didn't like the message. He didn't like the message. Jeremiah was told by the Lord, the people of the city of Jerusalem will fall into the hands of the Babylonians. Zedekiah himself, the king, will not succeed. He'll be captured. He'll be carried away to Babylon as a prisoner. He'll die in Babylon. And so you can imagine how this was not a very popular message with Zedekiah. And it wasn't very good for the morale of the people in Jerusalem as the Babylonians are outside the city wall. The whole army is gathered on the hillsides around Jerusalem. And Jeremiah is in the city preaching this message. 
telling everybody this isn't going to work. This isn't going to succeed. The city's going to be destroyed. Zedekiah is going to be carried away as a prisoner. He's going to die in Babylon as a prisoner. And so what did Zedekiah do? He threw Jeremiah into prison to silence him, to get him off the streets, because he doesn't want Zedekiah saying this to the people of Jerusalem and discouraging them. And so what Zedekiah did is is he used his power as the king to silence Jeremiah, to try to silence the word of God. And this is, you know, this is 2,600 years ago that this takes place. God's word was not popular in that culture. God's word is not popular in any culture. We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in just a moment. First, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the new Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app. We recently launched an app for our church and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in your app store, or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com. What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth. God's Word is offensive in every culture, in every generation. Uh, Even today, we certainly see that in our culture where the Word of God is not popular in our culture, especially what the Word of God says about morality and what the Word of God says about marriage. Uh, Some in our culture label the Bible and what the Bible says about morality and marriage as hate speech. Uh, We have a presidential candidate right now who has said when he becomes president, he's going to revoke the tax-exempt status of churches that hold to a biblical view of marriage. He's going to use the power of the government, if he becomes president, to try to silence Bible-believing churches from preaching the truth by taking away their tax-exempt status and basically driving them out of business is what he's thinking. He's using the force of the government. That's what he wants to do. Just like King Zedekiah did 2,600 years ago to Jeremiah, to silence Jeremiah. Uh, In the New Testament, Timothy uh, was a young pastor in the city of Ephesus. It was a hard hard town, hard city to pastor. Uh, Timothy was discouraged as the pastor there. And the Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy and said to Timothy, preach the word of God. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. Paul said to Timothy, Timothy, preach the word. Whether it's favorable or not, whether it's popular or hate it, stay faithful to the word of God. Timothy, don't let the culture pressure pressure you into compromising the word of God. And we shouldn't let the culture that we live in pressure us into compromising what the Word of God says. Especially in our day. Especially what it says about morality. What it says about biblical marriage. 
Jeremiah didn't compromise his message even when it landed him in jail. He, w- he wasn't willing to walk it back. He just suffered the consequences for it. Verse 6 it says, And Jeremiah said, The word of the Lord came to me. So this is why he's in prison. Saying, Behold, Hanamel, the son of Shalhim, your uncle, will come to you, saying, Buy my field, which is in Anathoth, for the right of redemption is yours to buy it. Then Hanamel, my uncle's son, so Jeremiah's cousin, came to me in the court of the prison. Jeremiah, you've got a visitor. Your cousin's here. Great, someone from the family coming to visit me while I'm in prison. He came to sell him some property. Hanamel, my uncle's son, came to me in the court of the prison according to the word of the Lord and said to me, please buy my field that is in Anathoth, which is in the country of Benjamin, for the right of inheritance is yours and the redemption yours. Buy it for yourself. Then I knew this was the word of the Lord. So while Jeremiah was in prison, He receives what he thinks is a word from the Lord. And the word was Jeremiah's cousin named Hanamel would visit him in prison, ask him to buy his field in Anathoth. And sure enough, his cousin shows up and asks him to buy uh, the property. And and, and then Jeremiah knew, okay, it was the Lord. It it wasn't just my imagination. It wasn't just something I, I dreamt. It really was the Lord telling me that my cousin was going to come and offer me his land to purchase in Anathoth. Remember, Anathoth was Jeremiah's hometown. That's where Jeremiah was, was from. Anathoth was about three miles outside of Jerusalem. So it's not very far away from Jerusalem. But at this point, Anathoth had already been conquered by the Babylonians. Remember, the Babylonians are outside the city wall of Jerusalem. They've already conquered the other cities. So they've already conquered Anathoth when his cousin comes to him and offers him his land to purchase. So this land was absolutely worthless since it was already in the hands of the Babylonians. Uh, It was absurd to think anyone would buy this land under the circumstances That's why the Lord has to tell Jeremiah to buy the land when he comes, when he shows up and offers you the land. Because it's crazy. Who's going to buy that land that the Babylonians have conquered? It's conquered. It's occupied. Jerusalem at this point, again, they're under siege. They would fall any day, any week. Jeremiah knew the Babylonians would prevail over Jerusalem. And yet, he bought the property anyway. This is like buying oceanfront property when a Category 5 hurricane is heading right for it. That's not the right time to buy waterfront property. This was not a good time to buy property in Judah. Charles Spurgeon said, This was a strange purchase for a rational man to make. Prudence could not justify it. It was purchasing an estate which was utterly valueless. And the only reason Jeremiah bought this land was because God told him to. It's the only reason. Otherwise, he'd never buy it. Nobody would ever buy this land. 
But God told him to do it. And so he did it. And sometimes God tells us to do things that might seem strange. That might seem illogical. Or irrational. Or foolish. Or a big waste of time. Or a big waste of money. And it's at those times that, first of all, we want to make sure that it is indeed God telling us to do this. Right? You don't want to to do that unless it's God. You don't want to make that mistake. And secondly, we should obey the Lord. No matter how crazy the idea is, or no matter how crazy it seems to do, we obey the Lord. We walk by faith. And not by sight. This is the Lord telling me to do this. I know it seems crazy to buy this property now. Under the circumstances. But I'm going to obey the Lord. I'm going to walk by faith and not by sight. God told Jeremiah to purchase this land. And so he purchased it. But Jeremiah is human just like us. Look down in verse 24. Here's Jeremiah speaking to the Lord now. He says to the Lord. Look. The siege mounds. They have come to the city to take it. And the city has been given into the hand of the Chaldeans who fight against it because of the sword and famine and pestilence. What you have spoken has happened. There you see it. And you have said to me, O Lord God, buy the field for money and take witnesses. Yet the city has been given into the hands of the Chaldeans. The Chaldeans are here. You told me to buy this land. He's second guessing his decision. Right? You've done that before. Where you feel like the Lord's leading you to do something. You do it. And then you wake up in the middle of the night in a cold sweat. What did I do? This was a big mistake. Why did I buy that land? I'm so stupid. Why did I do this? This is crazy. This is never going to work out. What was I thinking? That's kind of the moment that he has here. He's freaking out. About this. He's bought the land. Now the Chaldeans are coming. And he's, he's second guessing it. I, I would say. You know when you're making a big decision. Like this. And later you, you have. Doubts or you, you, you question. What you've done. You know it's at those times. That we have to remind ourselves. No God told me to do this. This wasn't my idea. This was God's idea. And it's a good idea when you're making big decisions like this uh, that may seem crazy. It's a good idea, I would say, to write down all of the ways that God has led you to make this decision. Either in some kind of journal, if you're into journaling, or just on some paper. And just begin to write out every way the Lord spoke to you. Write out every Bible verse He used to speak to you. Leading up to this decision. Write down every prayer that he answered. Leading up to this decision. Write down you know, every conversation you had. Where people spoke to you. And the Lord spoke through people about this decision. Write down everything. So that later on when you wake up in the cold sweat in the middle of the night. You, you can pull out that list. And you can remind yourself. Now this is what God did. This is what God said. I'm not crazy. God led me into this. You want to have that list so that you can refer back to it. Before my wife and I moved here to Maryland from Florida to plant this church, we wrote down everything the Lord did to confirm to us that we were supposed to move here to plant a church. He asked- 
That's all we have time for today on Ring of Truth. If you'd like to hear more teachings from Pastor Dan, we invite you to visit our website, calvaryec.com. There you'll have access to our library of previous messages available to listen to online or download to take with you on the go. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Each time we post a new teaching, you'll get a notification and be able to listen right away. We're so blessed to be able to provide you with insightful messages taken straight from the pages of God's Word. We pray you've been encouraged today by what you've heard. We'd like to take a moment to ask you to partner with us as we continue to build this ministry. God is using programs like Ring of Truth to share the message of the gospel through a virtual mission field. Now, more than ever, people are being reached through radio and online teachings. We're so glad we can be a part of it and we're eager to see where God will take us next. Would you join us in seeking God's will for this ministry? We'd also ask that you keep our listeners in your prayers, that they'll be open to how God is speaking to them. We know God listens to the prayers of His people, and we appreciate you partnering with us in this way. Thanks for joining us today. We encourage you to take the things you're learning in this study and apply them in your daily life. In our next edition, Pastor Dan will continue teaching verse by verse, chapter by chapter, through the book of Jeremiah, here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and what I know because I know his voice, and it only takes Rings true.